You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 142. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey smart vester pro, and a wealth advisor. It is great to see you today, and today's episode is a look at three market timing strategies. But before we get to that awesome topic of the day, do you hate it when people say, I told you so? I can't stand it when people tell me, I told you so. It happens, I think, a lot because I'm a pretty optimistic dude. And especially when it comes to sports, love the Green Bay Packers. They're a great team. They have a winning season a lot these last 30 years. But I'm predicting them to go to the Super Bowl every single year. By the time the season starts, I think they're running the table, winning them all. And of course, I'm shouting that out to the world. So eventually somebody is going to tell me, a friend, a relative, when they don't win the Super Bowl, I told you so, Scott. And I just can't stand it. Makes me feel like junk. But you know what? I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I told you so. And what did I tell you? I told you on November 8th, 2019, just a couple of months ago, in episode number 133, I said in the title, a recession is coming. Now, I told you so. Well, actually, not really. We don't know if we're actually in a recession right now. We don't know that until all the data comes out. A recession is kind of a look backward in timing. But a lot of people believe that we are in a recession right now. Well, why then? How did I know? Why on November 8th did I predict that a recession is coming? Well, if you haven't listened to 133, you need to go back and listen. Go to bestandwealth.com, click on the episodes, and then in the upper right-hand corner, you can search on topics. Just type in recession, and the first episode that'll pop up is 133. Or, of course, go to your favorite podcast app, and listen to episode 133. Just scroll and find it. And finally, when you're at that purple iTunes podcast app, if you could leave Best in Wealth, leave me a review. That would be awesome. That means that we will capture even more listeners who are searching for good 
quality wealth building tips, which you will find here on the Best in Wealth Podcast. So let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Three simple market timing strategies. Wow, this one is going to be fun. So Dimensional came out with an article called Sticking to Your Principles recently. And the article starts out, a famous American football coach once said, you don't rise to the occasion, you stick to the level of your training. The implication is that in times of great stress, the most reliable recipe for success is sticking to a set of fundamental principles. Well, here at Best in Wealth, we have a lot of principles. We are family stewards. We like to build comprehensive retirement plans. We believe that's our best way to get to financial freedom. We believe in high diversification in our investments. We believe in tilting our portfolios like an ice cube tray in sources of higher expected returns. We call these premiums. We believe in doing tax proactively, doing tax projections. We believe in having as much insurance as we need, but paying as little as possible. We believe in a full analysis of employee benefits. These are some of our principles. We also believe in being a disciplined investor, finding our lane, finding our risk level, and then keeping discipline through all of our asset classes in each lane because we know we don't know which asset class or which country or sector or company is going to do good at any point in time. We just know we need to stay disciplined. So why, why on earth would I be doing a podcast looking at three simple market timing strategies you ask. Well, that's because from February 20th of this year to March 20th, the S&P 500, the largest 500 companies in the U.S., returned negative 37.4%, with daily returns averaging from negative 12%, holy man, to positive 9.4%. A drop, my friends, of nearly 40% in the stock market combined with all of this volatility will get anyone to begin to reconsider their investment strategy and might think, hey, maybe I'm better off getting out of the market just for a little while. I mean, heck, 40%, you have a million dollars in your portfolio all in the S&P 500, and you're down big time. You're down to almost 600,000. That's real dollars. That can really get people nervous and scared. And all while my job, is to get you, to get my clients, to get anyone that will listen to me to stay calm, (laughs) to stick to the plan, 
and tell people it's all going to be okay. And then I hear, okay, Scott, but, but when? Is it, is it ever a good time to take your money out of the market? I see a 10% drop, a 20, a 30, now we're over 30%. When is it a good time to take your money out of the market and just get back in when things seem like they're doing a little bit better? Those are all great questions for me and for any other financial advisor. If I'm going to tell you to stay calm, if I'm going to tell you to stick to the plan, I better have a good reason for telling you that everything is going to be okay. Because there are plenty investors, and I know some people that react to this falling market by jumping ship and selling out of their stocks. The intuition is like, let's sit out of the market just for a little while to help avoid these further losses, get back in when things feel a little bit more calm. And now I have an upper edge on those people like Scott that are saying, stay calm, stick to the plan. It's all going to be okay. So I thought to myself, okay, all right. Let's look at some really simple timing strategies from the past 75 years and see how that works compared to buying and holding, compared to sticking it out. Because if the evidence proves that a market timing strategy is better, I am all for it. And let me tell you, there are many, many people that do technical analysis of the overall stock market, and there are literally hundreds of ways that people time the market. I'm going to look at just three super simple ones that you will be able to understand. Because remember, if we're going to have a market timing strategy, we have to make two decisions. The first decision is when to get out. And the second decision, the much more difficult decision, is when to get back in. And we can't use our emotions in order to come up with this. We can't read the news one day and say, okay, now it's time to get out. And then wait for the news to get better. And now it's time to get back in. Because there's way too many studies out there that are showing us that that's a horrible idea. We have to take our our emotions out of investing if we're going to be good, solid, quality investors, if we're going to have a great investing experience. So when we come up with these strategies, we got to take the emotion out of it. So in this dimensional article, which I will post at the show notes at Best in Wealth on episode number 142, holy moly, can't believe we're already on episode 142, but you'll have a chance to take a look. And the so coming up with three strategies and looking back all the way back that as far as we can with reliable data, looking back at the Center for Research of Security Prices located at the University of Chicago, we can go back to July 1926 and look all the way forward to December 2019. So we have, shoot, almost a hundred years of stock market history. And so our first strategy is going to be this. Let's take our money out when the market from its current high goes down 10%. That's our first decision, when it goes down 10%. 
And then let's wait 100 days and put our money back in. Or let's wait 200 days and put our money back in. Or let's wait 300 days and put our money back in. If we're going to come up with the best strategy, let's look at those and look at what our returns would look like if we attempted to do this type of strategy and compare it to what a buy and hold strategy would be. Well, if we held our money from July 1926 in the U.S. stock market all the way through December of 2019, we would have an average rate of return looking at the large companies of 9.57%. That's our benchmark. If we're going to come up with a timing strategy, we need a timing strategy that's going to outperform that 957 Now, here at Fortress Planning Group, here at Best and Wealth, you know, we're aiming to do much better than this 9.57% by tilting our portfolios into these higher premiums, these expected returns. And so we're always aiming to do better than that. However, let's just keep it simple right now and look at the index, the 9.57 buy and hold strategy for years and years and compare it to this negative 10%, take the money out and then put it back in at 100, 200 or 300 days. So let's look at the three. If we take our money out after it goes down 10% and then put it back in after 100 days, and wait for the stock market to get back to a new high, and then when it drops 10% again, take all of our money out, and then wait 100 days and put it back in. That's a mechanical strategy. And if we did that, we would have a 7.11 annualized rate of return, which is over 2% less than the index. Not a good strategy at all. If we wait 200 days and put our money back in, it gets worse, 6.67%. And waiting 300 days, our average annual return is even less, 5.89%. So looking at this first timing strategy, which is take the money out when we drop 10%, doesn't look very good, does it? Let's throw that one out. Let's let's throw out timing strategy number one, and let's look at timing strategy number two and see if that looks better. In timing strategy two, we're not going to take our money out of the market when it drops 10%. We're going to hold on tight. We're going to wait when we hit bear market territory. And bear market territory is a 20% drop from its high. So we're going to stick it out. But when the market drops 20%, we're yanking all of our money out. We're taking our money out of the U.S. stock market. And we're either going to wait 100 days and stick it back in, 200 days, or 300 days and stick the money back in and see how that does in compared to a buy and hold strategy. Because we'll take the money out since 1926 every time we drop 20% and then put the money back in. So what are the results? Well, using this negative 20% strategy, after 100 days and putting the money back in, we would have an average return of 6.8%. That's even worse than our strategy of 100 days on negative 10%. If we wait 200 days, 
6.08%. And if we wait 300 days, 5.75%. Measly returns compared to the buy and hold strategy. So what would you do? Sure, it hurts. It hurts a lot when the stock market is down and it might feel good to take that money out when it drops 20% and wait for better times. But when we look at the data and the science and all I care about is the data and the science, it's proving to not be a good strategy at all. It's showing us that a buy and hold strategy is superior to these two timing strategies, taking the money out after 10% and 20%. Okay, so let's scrap those two timing strategies, okay? We know they don't work, but what about the third one? We can hold on if the market drops 10%. We can hold on when the market drops 20%. But when the market drops 30%, man, that just feels like the wheels are coming off and I got to get out of here. I don't know if the market's headed to zero or what. We got to get to safety and wait for better times. And that's exactly what many, many many investors have done here recently. The market was down over 37%. That's a huge drop. That's a lot to stomach. Even though I tell people all the time, this is what we signed up for. This is why you get an average rate of return close to 10% per year, because you got to put up with this stuff. You got to put up with the junk. So how does the negative 30% strategy look? Because that's when times are horrible. Let's get our money to the sidelines and wait. So once again, Dimensional looked at three different time periods, waiting 100 days, waiting 200 days, and waiting 300 days to put the money back in the market. So each time since July 1926, when the market dropped 30%, the money came out, and now we're looking at average rates of return. Waiting 100 days to put it back in, waiting 200 days, and then finally waiting 300 days. And doing it each time the market dropped 30%. So I'm telling you right now, these numbers look a whole lot better than taking the money out at 10% or 20%. So taking the money out at negative 30% and waiting 100 days, you would end up with an average rate of return of 8.71%. Wow. Way better than the other timing strategies, but still not even close to the 9.57. You wait 200 days, it gets worse, 8.55. And if you wait 300 days, it actually gets a little better, but not as good as the 100. It gets to 8.66. So our best timing strategy out of looking at these three and then waiting either 100, 200, or 300 days is taking the money out when the market drops 30% and then waiting exactly 100 days and putting it back in. Because like I said earlier, we have to take the emotions out of this timing strategy. So we have to come up with this strategy ahead of time. And even when we look at all of these numbers, our very best strategy gives us an average rate of return of 8.71% compared to a buy and hold strategy, which is 9.57, which is almost, but not quite, a full percent better, which will add up to literally 
hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your lifetime of investing. Now, remember, all of these numbers that I gave you, and you can click on the link to read this article, but they're all hypothetical for illustrative purposes only. This is There's no investment. These are just looking at the indexes. It does not represent actual performance of a fund, and it doesn't take into any account any investor circumstances. But does any of these results, are any of them surprising to you? You see, one of the challenges with trying to outguess markets is the unpredictable nature of outcomes. I mean, listen to this for a second. How many people would have expected that the stock market in China, which was ground zero for the COVID-19 outbreak, that China would outpace global equities by over 10% year-to-date, ending March 31st, 2020. So if I look at the average return in every country and compare it to China, China actually outpaced the average by 10%. We would never would have guessed that. China was the epicenter of COVID-19. That's where it all started. And yet, the stock market behaved better for China than it did on average around the world. So the best we can do is draw some lessons from these numbers. One, that a buy and hold strategy, as long as we stick in our lanes, is tried and true. There's so many people out there that are trying to sell you an idea that some sort of timing strategy is going to make you do better in your performance in the long run when all of the evidence and all of the science completely suggest otherwise. You know, financial downturns are unpleasant. I get that. They're unpleasant for everybody. They're unpleasant for me. They're unpleasant for you. But investors can reduce an exasperating circumstance or experience by adhering to simple core principles. And these principles of broad diversification and maintaining consistent asset allocation, dipping into these premiums of higher expected return and staying away from market timing or stock picking because that can all undermine your ability to achieve investment goals. I mean, the goal here at the Best in Wealth podcast, the goal here for every family steward is to give you the greatest chance for success. And a buy and hold strategy adhering to these principles is our best path. So how can we maintain control in what seems to be extremely uncertain times? I mean, it is so easy to focus on the what ifs and the what are we missing and the fear of the unknown. And that's what drives us. And whether we've gotten out of the market or not, it's what drives us to think about how low does the market have to go for us in order to actually pull our money out. So what can we do 
if we need to stay in our seats, if we need to stay in our lane? Well, one is by using gratitude in our life to maintain a positive attitude through these times. And I'm going to post this on the Best in Wealth podcast site, but one is I want everybody to listen to the pot or the TED talk, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Anker. He shows us that if we focus on what we have and what we're grateful for, that biological changes in our brain and body, they actually happen if we commit to daily gratitude. And how can we commit to daily gratitude? And how will this improve our financial health? Well, gratitude, number one, leads to generosity. And as a family steward, oh, we are looking for for financial freedom so we can be generous and so we can give like nobody else. Um, Gratitude leads to contentment and overall happiness and that shifts our brain in a way that we can stay positive and stay the course. And finally, gratitude leads to a reduction of instant gratification, which helps us create a more patient mindset when it comes to investing. It helps us stay in our seat. Listen to or watch the TED Talk and you can transform your brain and your mind to be the best investor that you can be. Hey, my time is gone. It's up, but I will see everybody very, very, very soon. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice to the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.